amazing there are people in, in history who, who have experienced peace despite the most horrific circumstances. And, uh, and I read um, a few months ago, I read of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and, and um, there are amazing people who, even in the midst of, of war and captivity, in, in, a, in a literal sense, have known freedom and have known peace. Does that mean it was easy? No. Does that mean there were not hard days? Ab- absolutely not. But that even in the midst of, of great turmoil, we can experience peace. Because if we rely on our understanding, and we know, don't rely on your understanding. If we rely on our understanding, we will not have peace. We will not have peace. It is a crazy world out there. If you start looking around and try and reconcile what's going on, you will not have peace. Don't have to go very, look very far. But the peace of God, it will guard our heart, peace in our heart. It will guard our mind. We can have peace of mind. In Christ Jesus. Are we all in? Yes, please. So the next aspect of God's perfection that we're looking at this morning is perfect strength. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Kiri shared, shared that this morning. She has a wonderful experience of God's grace in spite of this, this week. And then it says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So therefore, I will most gladly rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How good is that? Here is God. God is saying that in your weakness, anyone ever had weakness? In your lack of perfection, his strength is perfected. And Paul thinks this is so awesome that he just thinks, oh, I'm better off bragging about the fact that, I, that all that I lack and, and my imperfection and my, my weakness, because I don't want that to get in. I don't want my efforts and my strengths and what I've got to bring to the table to get in the way of God's perfection. And he's not saying that we shouldn't bother, that we just stand back and go, well, I've got nothing to offer anyway. No, it isn't. Isn't that, but it is so, you know, us having a go and, and, and getting in and doing what we can, that won't get in the way of God's perfection. But what will is our pride and the thinking that we have to finish this, we have to hold it all together in our imperfection, that will get in the way of God's perfection. Did you get me there? Did you hear me there? That it isn't us having a go that will get in the way of God's perfection, but our pride and our sense of duty and need that. In all of my lack, I've just got to hold this thing together. That will get in the way of God's perfection. So let's not do that. So no, we need to be humble. We can acknowledge our our weakness and receive God's strength. And I love this in Philippians 3. Again, probably one of my favorite scriptures. And I, I think of... A couple of messages back, I said, I think somehow this manages to sneak its way into every message I share. But I will say the last one I shared, it didn't. <laughs> That's not because it isn't good. But Listen to Paul. He says, not that I have already attained or that I'm already perfected. Isn't it good? Don't you love this, this humility? But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. So he wasn't sitting on his hands. He was, he was pressing on. He says, one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he's not giving up, but he's humble. He says, I'm going to give this all, all I can, even though I'm, I'm not perfect. And he, that allows God's perfection of strength to come through. And Paul experienced that perfection of strength. Point number four. Perfect assurance. Perfect assurance. Another aspect that we can experience. Hebrews 6 verse 17 says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. This just gets better, doesn't it? His perfection. But we can experience perfect assurance. You know, there is an aspect of us. Um, the word says that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There is an aspect of, of, of our, our spirit that is made to engage with the Spirit of God and things just come alive at that, that moment. And that is that amazing assurance. Now, it's good news that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't have bad days. He doesn't get out of the wrong side of the bed or have mood swings at all. And also, with those things that he promises, he doesn't change his mind. I say with those things that he's promised. You know, there are a few records in the Old Testament where God did change his mind. But every time... It was an extension of mercy to those who didn't deserve it. How amazing is our God? That those only times that he would change his mind are because these people who blew it, when there was an, if you will, then I will, if you will, then I will, and they didn't do their part, and yet God extended mercy anyway. What an amazing and loving God we have. But never did God make a promise that he wouldn't keep. Those that he promised to blew it often. And many of us here, we've had our, had, had our moments where we know where we've blown it, where we've, we've done the, the wrong thing, where we've fallen in an area, but God keeps his promise. And we, we know we can come before him and we can confess our sins He's faithful and just to forgive us. He will cleanse us. He will make us right with him. And we can know that assurance again. The cool thing about this covenant was we signed nothing. We did agree to, to follow Jesus, but the covenant was, was written in Christ's blood. And we are benefactors of this it's like Jesus is the guarantor for us. And we, we know it talks of him pleading on our behalf, interceding on our behalf. Isn't it great to know you've got someone on your side? So we can have perfect assurance. The promise that 
is made to us that if we will repent of our sin, if we'll turn from our own ways and we receive and follow Jesus, he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. And this morning, if you don't have that assurance, you can have that assurance today. You can make a choice to follow Jesus if you don't have that assurance today. So I'd say don't leave today without making that decision. Ready for point number five? We can know his perfect will. We can know his perfect will. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We can know his perfect will. How good is that? But there are two conditions here. We have an if you, then. Firstly, that we don't conform to the world. There is no middle, middle ground. And we need to be intentional as well about being transformed. This doesn't just happen by, by accident. We have a choice that, that we make if we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the world systems, they want us to conform. The world wants us to conform. It wants us to follow their rules. And in fact, to try and make us conform, it will try and treaty with us. It will try and make deals with us. And we've seen this in recent years where the world has tried to make deals with the, with the church, with those that are following Jesus to say, just allow this. We'll, we'll let you have your, your thing and just give us this. And there are these deals that, that the world wants to trade and treaty with us. But ultimately, what the world wants to do is take away our freedom. Ultimately, the world wants to turn us into spiritual POWs, where, we, where we're fed just the basics of, of life to get by, but we have no authority anymore, where we are robbed of freedom. That's the world systems. It wants us to conform, and it starts out small. It starts out with these little trades, and we think we're getting peace out of it. Because that's the offer, that's the lie. It says you can, you can have peace through this, this trade. But it is a systematic process of taking away our freedom. I got a little distracted there, but it's, I think it's important. Captives are subject to the will of their captor. Is that right? A captive is subject to the will of of their captor, but in freedom we have a choice and we can also know and operate in the Father's will. So we can know his perfect will. Next point here. We can experience perfect unity. Colossians 3 uh, from 12 to 14 says, Therefore as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, perfect unity isn't something that 
will necessarily come natural to us. But it is something that, that when, as we choose to put on love, as we choose to put on compassion, or like these garments that we, that we take on, as we make this choice, we choose kindness. We choose humility and gentleness and patience. Sounds like the character of God, doesn't it? As we choose to, to li- live in Him in this way, as we choose to forgive one another the wrongs that have been done against us, our grievances, then we can experience perfect unity. We hear of these instances in the birth of the New Testament church where they were in place and they were in one accord. Unity. And amazing things happen. Who wants some tongues of fire this morning? That's, that's the, thing that, the, the sorts of things that can, can happen. And I've, I've been in a few places. I, I remember being in a time of worship um, a couple of years back. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't here. It was a part of a, um, a prayer ministry weekend. Um, on the mainland, and I was looking around for tongues of fire. It was so intense. I, I really thought something was going to happen. And, and also, I didn't see tongues of fire. I know there was a deep work and move of God in a time of, of worship. And it was because of that, that oneness that everyone was so there and on the same, same page. But we can experience this perfect unity. We know that we're... There is unity that God commands a blessing. There is a principle there of his blessing. But unity was so dear to Jesus' heart that after 33 years and three intense years with his disciples, listen to this prayer that he prays, not just for his disciples, but for every believer. And it's in John 17, verses 20 to 23. And it says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Who believes this is for them today? Yep, you qualify. So that's us. It says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. There is the absolute symbol of perfection of oneness and unity right there in the Trinity, in the Godhead. Do a whole message on that, which I I won't do, but that is the, the perfection of unity right there. But just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me, and may they experience such perfect unity, here we have it again, that the world will know that you've sent me and that you love them as much as you love me we can experience perfect unity. Wow. Okay, you ready for the last point? I said there was going to be seven. I didn't put numbers up there. So you have no idea where we're at, do you, unless you can count to seven? So I don't, today I don't have a, a special ending. I am actually going to finish with the final point. Doesn't sound very perfect, does it? So the final point I have, and, and I will invite the team to come and lead us in a closing song is perfect faith or perfected faith. I know on the surface when we look at that, it might sound like a crazy claim. We are works in progress. But listen to this from Hebrews 12 verse 2. It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, or the finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus was both author, because this walk of faith, it started, started with him, but he is also the perfecter of our faith. It is his intent and desire that our faith be perfected. But it doesn't happen by accident. And we know for most of us, it doesn't happen overnight either. It is an ongoing process. It's something that I've discovered that the things that we focus on, the things that we look to and that we put our attention on, these are the things that we ultimately become. We become more and more like the things that we focus on. You focus on the world, you will become more like the world. You focus on Jesus, you're going to become more like Jesus. We can't keep a foot in each camp because we're not going to change at all. You're going to become whatever you look at. You try a foot in each camp and you will stay the same. You will not progress at all. And we won't experience the fullness of the life that he's intended for us. Have a listen to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. It says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Now like other translations that talk about from glory to glory. So I want to look like Jesus. You want to look like Jesus? I've been working on my, my beard. It's not anything as good as, as Tim's here today. Sometimes I've let my hair grow a bit, a bit long. And, but this, this doesn't make me more like Jesus. But what we focus on, we will become more like. So let's focus on Him. The things that captivate our thought life, they will shape who we are. Whether that is good or that is wrong, it will shape who we are. So let's look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I think it's fitting that this, this is our last point because this is his intent and desire for us that we become more like him and that he perfect the faith in us. Amen? Amen. I'll hand back to the team.